one thing I've learned is that I am better today and no matter what I go through and I have gone through some things, I didn't have to pick up a drink over it. The one thing to expect in recovery and in sobriety is that things are going to be different. And for the most part, that different, absolutely better than what it was. No, Yolanda, it's not life that's getting better. You're getting better. Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast with your hosts, Michael L. and Lee M. On this show, we try to bring some inspiration through interviews with members of the recovery community. We are not affiliated with any 12-step program, but you may hear them mentioned throughout the course of an interview. Today on the show, Yolanda L. from Montgomery County, Maryland. Hey, I want to quickly ask for your help once again. We're trying to increase the reach of the podcast in one way that you can help us do that is by providing a review. Let us know what you think on Apple Podcasts. It's going to help us increase the reach. It'll also help us improve the show by letting us know what you think. We greatly appreciate that. You can also find us on Facebook. Join the community. That's at facebook.com slash groups slash daily reflection podcast. Hope to see you there. We hope you enjoy this episode. Good morning, Lee. How are you? Good morning, Mike. I'm doing great. How are you this morning? I'm doing fantastic. Hey, who do we have in the studio today? So today's April 8th, and I'm excited to let you all know that we have Yolanda L. with us this morning. She's from Montgomery County, Maryland, and she's here to share with us on the reflection for today, which is an inside look. Fantastic. Well, Yolanda, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you. So glad to be here. Well, we start the podcast in the same way every day. We ask the guest if they would read the reflection for today. Do you have that handy? I do. April 8th, an inside look. We want to find exactly how, when, and where our natural desires have warped us. We wish to look squarely at the unhappiness this has caused others and ourselves. By discovering what our emotional deformities are, we can move toward their correction. That's from the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 43. Today, I am no longer a slave to alcohol, yet in so many ways, enslavement still threatens myself, my desires, even my dreams. Yet, without dreams, I cannot exist. Without dreams, there is nothing to keep me moving forward. I must look inside myself to free myself. I must call upon God's power to face the person I feared the most the true me, the person God created me to be. Unless I can or until I do, I will always be running and never be truly free. I ask God daily to show me such a freedom. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you for reading that. Before we get started, what's your sobriety date, Yolanda? My sobriety date is July 17, 2017. Wow, that's great. So, As you read this reflection, what comes to mind first? The first thing that comes to mind is that fourth step, the 12 pro, the 12 steps of, you know, recovery definitely takes me to the fourth step and how the process was so I was able to discover myself in a way that I had never, ever been able to in my whole entire life. And what was that like for you? you know, sitting down and looking, it says here, we want to find out exactly how, when, and where our natural desires have warped us. How was that for you to see, you know, maybe how 
perfectly natural desires actually affected your life in a negative way? I guess it's the columns that we go through when we go through this step. I I know for a lot of newcomers, very foreign. I, I didn't really know what to expect. And I literally didn't know what to expect until I literally sat down with paper and pen and just went through the the process. And as I went from one column to the next column to the next column, I started to see the pattern and I started to see the things that were um, blocking me in my life, my behaviors. And I love the way this reading describes describes these things as our natural desires. And what the problem for me was that my natural desires um, were just way out of balance. And um, one of the things that I discovered with the guidance of a sponsor was, as I was seeing these things, the patterns that kept popping up, you know, the dishonesty, all of these fears, I realized that um, it wasn't necessarily that I was a bad person. I was just this horrible, horrible person. I was just doing everything wrong. I was going about things the wrong way, which was the only way I knew. And that was one of the most, I guess, the comforting part of this step of this personal inventory which I believe this read is talking about when we do that personal inventory, um, self-examination. And um, when my sponsor explained it to me in that way, you know, this is, this is how we have been living and this is what you have been doing your whole entire life. It's, this is what you were taught. This is what you knew. And that's what you were doing, but it doesn't make you a bad person. And a lot of these things, these natural desires, they they were put there. It's just that, um, you know, they weren't in their right perspective and they just weren't in the right line. And they would they were never going to be that until I was able to sit down and look at them and see them. And so I became very much more aware of Yolanda and I was able to pick up the patterns and see them. And so moving forward in my life, I was when they still come up, because they still come up, I maybe I'm able to recognize them. And then as I continued with the rest of the steps, that's where I learned what I can do when they do pop up, the tools of the program. And ultimately what happens is I become a better version of Yolanda. It's read as it reads in this reading that I that I read, you know, I can, I get this new freedom from these deformities, emotional deformities that were blocking me, blocking me from being of usefulness to anybody, to myself, to anybody, and, um, you know, really blocking me from happiness. So I really did like this read and I, I really do relate to it. When I came in, I was taught that when I went through the fourth step, I was, like you said, learning about myself. And, and I love that you said, you know, these aren't bad things. It's, it's really just discovering survival mechanisms. You know, these are your, your character defaults. These are the, the, the ways that you, uh, the ways that you learn to survive prior to having a program in your life. 
Tell me a little bit about what life was like before you came in. What kind of things were happening that, that drove you to come in and, and seek a solution? Just like most of us in Alcoholics Anonymous, my life was unmanageable. And no matter how much I tried and no matter how great I was in so many different aspects of my life, because of my problems with alcohol, it just wasn't getting better and kept getting worse. So. I didn't come into AA running and skipping and, oh, I, you know, I was delivered to Alcoholics Anonymous from a second DUI because I was a drunk driver. And both of my DUIs, they were seven years apart, which just goes to show from that seven-year period, everything was just progressing and progressing. And even leading up to the first DUI, progression, progression, progression. So... I came in here as a divorcee. I was a single mom. Our living situation, you know, we're packed in a one bedroom. I had a daughter in high school, a daughter in grade school. Financially, just a financial mess, living paycheck to paycheck, barely paying the rent. And um, again, that second DUI. But really, ultimately, what really hit me hard was my daughter who was in her junior year of high school, it was the summer of her junior year. She was about to go into her senior year of high school. And she came to me and was like, you know, I'm out of here. I can't deal with this anymore. I'm going to go live with dad and his family. And I'm moving out. And she left and she moved out. And it was just me and her younger sister. And um, that was sort of like a breaking point for me where I just knew something is just, just has to give here. Something's not right. Like you need to get it together, Yolanda. You just got to get get it together. And um, and she did. She moved out. And my DUI came a few weeks later because I just drank and drank and drank over that. So the DUI really was like that desperation, that gift of desperation. That's how I was introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I also had a long trail in history of relationships that were just very, very toxic. And when I was delivered here, I had just gotten out of a horrible breakup where the police were involved and um, had to get a peace order and all of that stuff. But that was literally all of my relationships before <laughs> sobriety. They all sort of ended that way, you know, domestic issues. And, um, and that came up a lot in this fourth step in this inventory that I that I had to, to do in order to um you know take responsibility for my recovery but yeah that was my life before before I got here wow that's a lot and i think that that's not so uncommon for a lot of people um when they come into aa when we come into aa is you know our life is just in a complete shambles and we're making crazy decisions about you know who we date who we marry what jobs we're going to have what we're going to quit it's not it's not something we don't hear so i'm curious did getting into the program make your life easier quickly or did it take a while my life started to get better quickly. It really did. In fact, my daughter who moved out nine months into my sobriety, she came back and she literally graduated from high school living under my roof back at home. And that was like one of the first truly amazing gifts that I received 
from my sobriety, from, from this new way of life. And I just remember after, you know, when she came back home because she could see where things were starting to get better at home because my younger daughter was still with me. And, and, um, once that happened, I was like, man, I think this sobriety thing is really where, where it's at, you know, and that just really reaffirmed that you need to stay on this track, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And um, I remember, oh, my living situation changed within a year um, through a family member who literally let me rent her home, which had a garage, it was a town home, and it was all, and it was like $100 less than what I was paying in this shack of an apartment with my two daughters. And it was because she only charged me what her mortgage was. You know, it really wasn't for her to make money. She just needed somebody in her house. And because I had been sober and she could see the change, she literally said, hey, I'd like to rent it to you if, since you're, you know, your lease is coming up. And um, that would never have happened if I hadn't sobered up. I finished school, got my bachelor's degree two years of my sobriety, it came with this new job with a huge increase in salary. I mean, a big increase in salary, a big, big increase. And and I remember going to an old timer and he, I may have been not even nine months sober yet, but things were getting better, just little things slowly. And, and he said, how are you doing, Yolanda? And I'm like, oh, my life is getting better. I'm just like, you know, things are just getting better. Life is getting better. And he looked at me and he said, no, Yolanda, it's not life that's getting better. You're getting better. You're getting better. And he said, when you get better, yeah, that's what happens. Life gets better. And he said, and that's what this program of recovery will do for you. You will get better. I just remember swallowing that with like a big gulp, like, wow, yeah, I'm getting better. One thing I've learned, because life is not always peaches and cream, and it's not always going to be, but one thing I've learned is that I am better today, and no matter what I go through, and I have gone through some things, I didn't have to pick up a drink over it. I didn't have to put a substance in my body. So today, I'm living life on life's terms, which I was never able to do. So yes, life is a lot different now. And for the most part, it's better. That's great. And I love the concept of being, you know, so dramatically improved. You know, I, I refer to myself as Mike 2.0. I've applied this patch called the program and it, it just, uh, it just works. But I have these, these defaults that are always available to me. And the reflection talks about, you know, still being enslaved and still having to do the work. What what does that look like for you? How do you continue to do this on a daily basis? Well, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, they give they give me the tools that I need and for the most part when it comes to the everyday part of this because you're right, this stuff is still these deformities are still there because I was born with them and I'm just an imperfect human and we all are, but there are more steps to this program and I spend a lot of time in, in step 10 and 11, which just helped me do that spot check inventory. Again, 
because of this fourth step, um, it's like I grew this antenna in the middle of my head where, where like, it's like, uh oh, danger, danger zone, you know, like, I still will find myself at times overcome with fear. And when I'm overcome with fear, I tend to do certain things. I may be dishonest because I am a people pleaser. I like to please people. I want everybody to like me. Um, I don't like being rejected. And um, even in sobriety and even working in the program and learning all of this stuff, I still fall short. And so um, I love the way the program has taught me that that's where a power greater than myself, I can call on to help me with these things. Like I don't do it on my own. I can't fix myself, but I do have a higher power who is loving and caring. He can help remove these things. And when I fall short, that's okay because I'm imperfect. And again, I'm still faced with these things. But yeah, I um I will still run into to things where it's like, oops, I, I missed the mark there. But I don't have to beat myself up over it like I used to. And I don't have to go drink over it like I used to. And for the most part, it doesn't cause as much damage as the things that when I was drinking caused so much more damage. So I'm still in a better place despite despite my imperfections. I love that. You know, we have a lot of people that are listening that maybe aren't in the program yet, or they're thinking about it, or maybe they're just in for a few weeks. What advice do you have for those folks that are, you know, just dipping their toe in now and trying to feel their way around? The best advice I could give for a newcomer, you know, if you were anything like me before I came in here, I would try anything. I would you know, Yolanda, let's, how about we go do this? And even though it was a horrible idea, I would go and I would do it. I would suggest reaching out, getting a sponsor and literally saying to your sponsor, whatever you suggest, I'm willing to have an open mind and I'm willing to do it. And that's just called giving yourself a chance. So I had to not look at it as somebody telling me what to do somebody this. It was nothing like that. It was just one alcoholic trying to show a new alcoholic how to do this thing. And um, I didn't know anything about the process. I had no idea what was going on. But because I stayed in the sponsor's back pocket, and I just let her lead the way, one day, I was able to see where she had been, how she had been pulling me through pulling me through. And then one day it was just like, wow, okay, I see, I I see. And, um, and yeah, just go through with the process and just keep coming back. That's my suggestion. Well, Yolanda, this has been a great conversation. Is there anything else you'd like the audience to know? No, I just like to say that, um, can't say that life is grandiose and the best. And I definitely can't sit here and say that my life is worse off than what it was before I got here. The one thing to expect in recovery and in sobriety is that things are going to be different. And for the most part, that different, absolutely better than what it was. So I just encourage everyone to just 
don't give up on yourself and give yourself a chance. If you don't believe it, just know that can live life today without a drink or any substance in your body. It is possible. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks so much. Beautiful. Wonderful, Yolanda. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to find us online, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Daily Reflection Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Reflector. You can read stories of recovery from our community at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. Please don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. We greatly appreciate it. Have a great day.